Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Hustle Like Hannah, your how-to guide on turning your creative side into a business opportunity. Morning Hustlers, happy Monday. I hope you're doing okay. I hope you had a good weekend and I hope you're ready to start afresh and crack on with the week. We had a bit of a leap forward into this week because obviously the clocks went forward yesterday so we all lost an hour of sleep which I don't know about you but that didn't sit well with me but we should be prepared for this it happens every single year and the good thing is it means that we have the lighter nights again now so hopefully that just kind of radiates a bit more positivity towards us all and in other news I can't believe that on Thursday we are into April how are we already basically at the fourth month of the year like time honestly just gets faster and faster with each month doesn't it and this weekend coming up obviously it's Easter weekend so hopefully the Easter bunny might be coming and delivering us some nice treats in the form of chocolate eggs and things like that so that's good to look forward to and for those of you that have got kids in school Obviously, it's the Easter holidays coming up, I believe, starting from this weekend. So I know they've only been back at school for a few weeks, but at least they'll have a nice little break and hopefully then go back after Easter and have an actual full term at school again. And I think the best bit of news this week is, well, for those of us in the UK anyway, is that as part of this roadmap out of lockdown that we have in place, Today marks the day that we can officially meet up in groups of six or families from two households. We can meet up outside, either in a public place or a private garden, and just spend time together. No more one-to-one only for exercise or one-to-one socialising, but no more than that. We can finally start to meet up in little groups again and just get a bit more social again. And I, for one, am really looking forward to that. And whilst we are on this note of positivity, let me quickly move on to introducing you to today's guest. So today I'm joined by Rachel Allen, who is the principal of Bolt from the Blue Copywriting. Rachel has always been passionate about writing and has memories of writing her very first type of book when she was very young. She loved writing so much that she went on to study at a school for journalism. Now, like a lot of graduates, getting a job proved difficult and she found herself in a role which left her unpacking boxes in a warehouse. But Rachel knew this was not the life she wanted to lead. So she gave it up and set out on a mission to work for herself while travelling the world. She spent some time in the likes of Greece and Hong Kong and eventually she learnt about the world of copywriting. Realising that this was a way to use her passion for writing as a way to make money, Rachel embarked on this path and turned her passion into a successful online business. It sounds like she's got quite the story to share with us, so let's dig a little deeper. Hi Rachel, how are you doing? I am great, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Where are you joining us from today? I'm joining you from uh, East Texas. It is a thriving metropolis of a city that just now got a uh, flashing red light. So it's a tiny, tiny little city about two hours east of Dallas. Oh, nice. So you're across the pond in the States then? 
So obviously I've given the listeners a little introduction about you and your story, but you know yourself and your hobby to business journey far better than I do. So why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and a little bit more about what it is that you do? Sure. Well, first thing, when you were reading that out, I, I was like, wow, that person sounds really cool. It sounds very <laughs> impressive from retrospect. It was much messier in the process. So uh, my name is Rachel. I run Bolt from the Blue Copywriting, where we help small business owners leverage their language to create the world they want to live in. And practically, that looks like we do web pages, blog posts, email marketing, content strategy, consulting, social media, white papers, PDFs, basically anything that has to do with words and goes on the internet, we handle it. So that's where I've ended up. Where I started was sitting on the edge of my then boyfriend's uh, dorm bed, Googling how to make money online because (laughs) I had no idea. I actually didn't know what copywriting was until the day I started doing it. So just for people listening who don't know what copywriting is, do you want to just kind of go into that in a bit more, a bit more detail? Sure. Copywriting in its most basic form is using words to make people do something. And usually that's to buy something. So um, a copywriter is the kind of person who looks at the message that your business has and then figures out a really compelling way to present that to an audience to get them to either buy into your mission, buy your product, become your follower, something like that. Yeah. So like you say, going back to the whole putting web pages out there for businesses or for advertisements or whatever, that's kind of where your sort of skill set sits, I guess. Yep, exactly. Cool. So if we take this right back to the beginning when you were younger, obviously we said that your passion for writing began at a very young age. And is it right that the very first sort of style of book that you remember writing actually stemmed all the way back from uh, kindergarten? Yeah, I actually didn't, I, writing is something that has come so naturally and is such a part of my life that I really never thought of it as anything separate. You know, I mean, to me, it's, that's the way I move through the world and the way I communicate. So it's kind of like saying that you have breathing as a hobby, but um, <laughs> I did absolutely write my first book. And I'm saying that with some very big air quotes. It was probably, I mean, if I had to guess, it was maybe five index cards long and it was written in purple marker and it <laughs> talked about my dog, Trusty. And it was, you know, it didn't quite make it to the New York Times bestseller list then, but I'm still holding out hope. I mean, who knows in years to come, if you uh, produce any <laughs> sort of self-proclaimed autobiographies, it, it might get its feature in there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Obviously, you said that sort of the copywriting element of things stemmed from when you were sat in your then boyfriend's dorm room and you were just Googling ways to make money online. But what was it that actually triggered you to kind of set up on your own rather than just getting a job as a copywriter in a firm? What what was it that made you think, no, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this for myself? Oh, gosh, a combination of being 22 and not really thinking things through. And then the 2008 (laughs) economic crash, which the story behind that is, uh, I went to school for journalism. I I actually started training um, and doing journalism work when I was 14, you know, in internships and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then I did a bachelor's degree or a, a 
double major in journalism and Asian studies because I really, really wanted to work in Hong Kong and write for The Economist, mostly because that was just about as far away from North Carolina, which is where I was born, uh, <laughs> as I could get. <laughs> and, you know, it's a lovely place to be from, but also, you know, like anybody or like many younger people, I wanted to sort of break out and see the world. So that was the dream. Um, I did the journalism training and I really, really loved it. And I did everything, you know, so-called right. I interned at NPR, which was a, it's a big deal station in the States. And I interviewed rock stars and prostitutes and immigrants and all sorts of, you know, I hit all of the, all of the broad range of that experience. Oh, um, I even cost this local civil servant his job mostly because he annoyed me but also because he was doing shady things so I really enjoyed it and I was I studied abroad for a year in Hong Kong so I was like on my on my path to doing it came back for my last year and uh, I ended up graduating in 2008 and nobody was hiring journalists and they were especially not hiring them in Tennessee, which is where I went to university. Hmm. So I sent out uh, over 200 resumes and I got zero responses back. And yeah, I ended up getting a job unpacking boxes in a warehouse uh, at Old Navy. So which is like a you know mid to low range clothing store. Mm. And it was me and a bunch of other liberal arts graduates on that shift um, <laughs> doing that. And I stuck it out for six months and was just like, this is, this is not for me. This is not what I want to be doing in general. And so in my 22 year old brain, I was like, well, they don't have jobs here, but I bet they've got jobs in Hong Kong. And it turns out that I was right. Uh, they do have jobs in Hong Kong, except you need a work visa, which I did not think through before I packed everything <laughs> up and just got on the plane and went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people, going back to your point about the, you know, when you graduated and you sent out like 200 resumes and didn't get any responses, I think a lot of people can probably empathize with you on that right now, because obviously there's just been so many job losses following the pandemic and everything so what actually happened once you sort of went over to Hong Kong then if you didn't have this work visa was that when you were kind of a bit like oh what do I do now <laughs> yeah that was definitely the oh what do I do now moment I um I was there on a tourist visa and you can stay there for six months on that kind of visa mm. and I was living with my then boyfriend at the time who I had met while I was studying abroad he had come back to the states to be with me we both moved back there together and um, I was sitting there just like looking for, you know, ways to make money online, because obviously if you don't have a work visa, you can't like apply for jobs in that country, but contracting positions are global. So mm -hmm. I was like looking into it. And this, like, this was, you know, late 2008, early 2009, when working on the internet was still a relatively newish thing. And I was seeing this, a lot of apps ads come up for this job called copywriting. And I was like, huh, I wonder what that is. Yeah. And I clicked on it because I was like, well, you know, writing, I could probably do that. <laughs> and um, this was back, this is how old this, or this is how long ago this was. This was when content mills were still a thing, <laughs> which for the newer, more fortunate people among us, that was back before Google updated its algorithm um, and you could game the system by just pumping out like a ton of content. And so there were these businesses called content mills where they would pay contractors basically nothing to write a whole bunch of bullshit just to get their volume up. Yeah. So um, 
I found this content mill that was uh, looking for writers and they, uh, they had their stuff posted online. And I was like, I bet I could do that. So I took the job. Um, it was writing a 600 word advertisement for one of those like gift vouchers that you can give to people like for an experience. And so this was, you got to take a ride in a vintage airplane. Mm. And I mean, I sold the hell out of that thing. I, it must've <laughs> performed well for them, but they paid me $3 and 25 cents for the whole thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Was like, you know, definitely. So when it worked out, like the hours that I was working on it versus what I made on it, absolutely a ridiculously not profitable thing, mm. but I was really hooked the idea that somebody would pay me money to sit there and write stuff. I was like, Oh well, yeah, this sounds really cool. So I was completely enamored with the idea ever since that first thing. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So when it came to sort of branching out and, you know, like working for yourself and that, was there anything that was putting you off and making you think, well, maybe I'd be better if I went into employment or was it a case of once you'd stumbled onto the copywriting and you knew you could work for yourself, that was it. You were, you were going down that path. A little bit of both. For the first like two, three years that I did it, I didn't ever look back because somehow in my brain, I had convinced it that it was sort of convinced myself that it was kind of like a, like a stopgap job, you know, like, oh, I'll totally go back and look for a grown up job, you know, but, <laughs> but maybe next year. And then funny enough, it was only when the business really started to first get its feet under it. I was living the so-called entrepreneur dream. I mean, I was living on a Greek island. I worked in the mornings and I sunbathed on the beach all afternoon, hmm. which was, you know, sounds like the absolute worst thing in the world. And it was wonderful, <laughs> but I was having panic attacks the entire time because I was starting to get to the point where I was like, wow, I am probably working myself out of the possibility of traditional employment. And I don't know if I want to be a business owner for for the rest of my life. I didn't even want to be a business owner to begin with, but it <laughs> sort of happened. And yeah, I had to make that decision. And the way that I did that was by <laughs> the super financially sound decision to get a master's degree, just in case um, <laughs> in a field, which I don't use, uh, though I do use like the research things that I learned from it, but I, I ended up moving to London and getting my master's there. And at the end of that year long program, I realized that I really enjoy being around academics, but I don't want to be one. So I committed to running the business. Yeah. So thinking about, you know, since you set up your business and where you are right now, if you can pinpoint it, what would you say has been your biggest success and or the thing that you're most proud of? Oh, that is such a good question. <laughs> I think... So I've got a bunch of things running through my head because I think when I think about success, the way I define success for me is independence. It's the, the ability to do what I want when I want. And if that means uh, what I want to do is like work a bunch of hours and really go crazy on this project, then I can do that. Um, but if I don't feel like working or like maybe I don't want to work with this particular person who's coming to me, I have the freedom to turn that down. And I really reached that point about two years ago, about a decade in. And it was when I was first looking at my uh, financial income spreadsheets and all of those sorts of things, and then realizing, you know, okay, I've got this client coming to me and like, they're okay, but like, I just, I don't really want to take on their work and I don't really want to make my team do it either. And then I had this moment of like, oh, 
well, what if I didn't? <laughs> and everything, like it was, it was fine. You know, like we, we could certainly have used the money, but all, we didn't really, really need it. And it wouldn't have caused any massive problem to the business by not taking them on. So we didn't. And that I think felt like such a huge moment of success for me in terms of like the feeling of it. And then in terms of sort of getting the, the business owner merit badges, I think it's all the, all the big successes, you know, when you start working with a different level of clientele, like right now, I'm really fortunate and excited to be able to work with some of the top names in entrepreneurial circles. I mean, people who, I guess the way that I phrase it is many people have read my writing and they have absolutely no idea. But if you spent any time in any entrepreneurial circles, blogs, courses at all, I'm pretty sure you've read me. Mm. And that feels really exciting to me. Yeah, definitely. So flip side of that, obviously, mm. you know, being your own boss, it's not always the successes. And there's sometimes there's times where you just feel like screaming or you just think, no, not today. Like today's not the day. So what would you say has been one of your biggest challenges or obstacles that you've had to overcome in your business? Ooh, also an excellent question. <laughs> I think so most people don't think this about me because I really double down super hard on systems and details, but I'm actually not naturally wired that way. I will, I will drop things uh, when things get complex if I don't really, really overcompensate for that. And the reason I know that is because I learned that the hard way doing business things. When the business started growing and really taking off, I started missing really stupid things. Like it would be um, like my calendars wouldn't sync. And so I would miss a call with somebody and I would feel terrible about that. Mm. Or I would have a deadline confirmed with someone. And then one of my contractors would message me and be like, hey, you didn't assign that properly. I, I can't meet that deadline. So those would definitely be some of my biggest challenges uh, along with kind of getting the, the more, I don't know if you'd call it like, I call it the boring side. I know some of my clients love this stuff, but like getting the legal stuff sorted, getting the tax stuff sorted, really doubling down into the business owner mindset of, oh, wait, I can't just like email people and call that a contract and call it good. Mm -hmm. um, getting, getting lawyers in place, doing all the really super boring stuff, like making sure your terms and conditions work. And because I've got European clients, I also have to include GDPR. And for a while I was filing taxes in three countries and stuff like that. Uh, I'm definitely not the biggest fan of. Yeah. So coming from this sort of writing background, as opposed to like a business background, mm. was there anything that you did to kind of help you sort of raise your knowledge in the business area because I know it can be quite daunting for people that you know haven't been to school or got a degree in business because there's I mean I did a business degree and even when I was setting up there was certain terminology or certain aspects that you're like well I've never heard of this in my life. <laughs> oh that makes me feel so much better because for like the first five to ten of my uh, intake calls with clients I this was back when people did calls on Skype because, you know, I'm old, um, but I would have the Skype like minimized and I would be talking to them and like Googling what they were saying because they would <laughs> use terminology that I had no idea. They were talking, you know, what's our, what's our ETA, what EOD? And I'm like, eh, yeah, like sure, let me just <laughs> let me get back to you on that. <laughs> so did you do, did you like have to take any courses or was it just a case of you learn as you went along? 
Uh, I started out by learning as I went along. And then when I got a couple of years in, I realized how idiotic and slow that was. And I started working with a business coach um, mm. with Alana Burke, uh, who now runs Your Life's Workshop. Back in the day, she ran Makeness, but it, it's the same thing, just cooler branding. But that's kind of been my, that that's probably the biggest lesson, honestly, that I've learned in business is if I ever need to get better at something, I find the smartest person I can find around that subject. And I just hang out with them and learn everything from them. So um, I've done that with Alana. I've also, I do masterminding now, which is another really big way that I increase my knowledge. Um, I mastermind with Liz Scully's stuff. And that just sort of connects me with people who are, they can, they can fill in my blind spots, right? Because there's no way I could ever know everything as a business person, but having a, a group of people around me who do sort of collectively know it all works out really well. Yeah, I think networking is definitely one of the best things that you can do when you're in, well, just in general, but when you're in business for yourself, networking can be like so important and so beneficial to your business. Mm -hmm. So sticking with the theme of challenges and obstacles, obviously for the past, well, year now, we've all been dealing with the effects of the COVID pandemic. So how, if it has, how has that impacted your business? This is one of those things where I kind of feel like a jerk for saying it, but um, my business has done really, really well throughout the pandemic. Um, mm. A lot of people are coming online and they need copy. And I was sort of confronted with the decision of how do I want to respond to that responsibly as a business owner? Because I saw a lot of people and I still see a lot of people responding to this new wave of business owners owners we have coming online by acting really predatory, you know, by posting courses that they know don't really work, but they know that new people don't know that, mm. or by pushing really, really hard on affiliate programs that maybe aren't the best fit for brand new business owners. And so for a while, I actually didn't really promote anything. I've got a strong referral network anyway. And I was like, you know what, if people need to come to me, they'll come to me. Everything's okay. But later in Later in the year, I guess around Q3, Q4, I was like, okay, this is not changing. I, I believe that as a business owner, I have a responsibility to use my business and my platform well and um, in line with integrity. So what can I do? Okay, well, I believe one of my key values is that words make worlds. Words are one of our most democratized access points to power. And I really want everyone to have, to be able to make the most of that. So uh, what I ended up doing was coming up with a package, which I call done for you content, where it's literally all the content a, a new business owner or a more established business owner would need. And all they do is get on a call with me. We talk stuff through for about 45 minutes and then my team takes care of the rest. So that's blogs, emails, and social media, all out in graphics, um, written, created, and scheduled for six months. And people spend 45 minutes thinking about it. So uh, it's been understandably extremely popular. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say that definitely sounds like something that I imagine a lot of people sort of jump at the chance to to get involved with. So because obviously you've turned your initial hobby or passion, however you want to categorize it into a business. And obviously when you're self-employed, as much as you try and switch off running a business, it does feel like a 24-7 thing sometimes. So do you still get chance to just sort of write for yourself as a hobby or have you picked up any new hobbies that are now how you spend your downtime? Hmm. Um, I'm currently in one of those weird flux times where I actually had 
loads of downtime last year. And then I decided to scale up this year. So right now it's pretty much 24, seven, 365, <laughs> but hobbies, other hobbies that I do, uh, and people always think this is the weirdest thing, but I love knitting. I'm a big knitter. Mm. And my thing that I love doing is antique counterpanes, which are these really old types of bedspreads where you have to use tiny needles and tiny thread to make like a zillion little stitches for one part of the bedspread, which I find weirdly compelling. So I do that, but I also, I do write for myself and I'm making myself say this on every interview. So I'll actually do it, even though I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about it but I'm right. I'm working on a memoir of my own and uh, I'm super terrified about it because writing for other people is easy, but writing for myself is hard. So mm. it's really putting me into my client's shoes, having to kind of walk my talk that way. Yeah. And I think the thing is as well, like we're always our own biggest critic. So, mm-hmm. you know, you'll, you'll write it. So you've got to get in that headspace of writing as if it was for a client, but then you've got to switch and be like, okay, I'm the client now and mm-hmm. let's try and make sure this is good. But obviously you'll be probably harsher on yourself than a client would be on you. So I can imagine oh, yeah. that that's what's kind of making you a bit anxious about it. But mm-hmm. I definitely think the knitting's a cool one. I can imagine it's quite therapeutic. I did try knitting when I was younger. My grandma taught me, but uh, mm-hmm. If you passed me a pair of knitting needles now, I honestly wouldn't be able to tell you what you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for me, I like it because I, I actually think better if my hands are moving. And when I'm on Zoom calls or in meetings and stuff like that, if I just have to sit there and stare at the wall, I, I get bored and don't listen. Mm-hmm. So it helps me. Yeah, definitely. So thinking back to the business now, what would you say are some sort of advantages and disadvantages, firstly, of working for yourself as opposed to being employed, but also working for yourself when you work in a creative industry? Mm. So pros and cons of self-employment in general, pros, pans are optional, which people joke, but like, like just being able to work comfortably is always a big thing. And I think it, for me, it means a lot. Although, you know, my only sort of traditional employment was nothing like what I imagined I would do today if I went into a job, but just the ability to work comfortably and to sort of design your life how you want it. So I've always been really independent. Um, I can work within a structure, but I prefer to make the structure. Mm-hmm. So being able to make my days how I want them, being able to work my schedule around the rest of the things that I have to, uh, that I'm committed to in my life, that means a lot to me. So I would say that's a big pro. I think, I think honestly, the challenge of it is also a big pro because I mean, as you know, as a business owner, running your own business stretches you in ways that you would never have thought of. Mm -hmm. And so you've kind of got this built-in personal development thing going on the entire time, because I mean, the, the growth of the business is contingent on your growth as a person. So it really I think it forces you to sort of be involved in your own life in an even greater degree. And then getting into cons, as you mentioned before, the, the desire to work 24, seven, 365, I am super, super passionate about my business. And I have literally worked myself into like physical illness, you know, can't get out of bed for several weeks at a time type of sickness, because I don't have a natural built-in off switch. And I'm I have built in things uh, in my life to kind of warn me about that and to hold me accountable to that. But, you know, that's, that's definitely a con. Yeah, definitely. 
I I think it was about a year ago well yeah it was just before the pandemic started hitting and I remember I was at the point where I was like okay I need to make a conscious effort to actually schedule in like me time or social time because otherwise I'm just I'm gonna like you say run myself into the ground and that's not going to be helpful for the business if I can't do anything <laughs> mm-hmm. especially like so for for my business obviously I'm well not at the moment but it was very much an in-person thing so I was like teaching people dance and it's like well I can't do that if I'm bedridden so right so yeah definitely so now I'm going to ask you to pop your advice cap on So for anybody listening who has just entered the world of self-employment or they've got a creative hobby or passion and they're thinking about turning that into either a full-time business or just a bit of a side hustle, what would you say are your three top tips for them? Mm. Um, Top tip number one is if you are basing it off of your hobby or something you love to do, really, really think about if you want to change your relationship with that hobby, because doing it for money is a completely different thing. Um, You'll still love it, but also sometimes you will very, very much hate it. (laughs) So if it's just something that you kind of sort of like to do and you think like, oh, maybe that'd be cool, like maybe, but I would really say like really consider if it's something that you still can be as enthusiastic about doing at four in the morning, you know, when a contractor drops the ball on a deadline and you've dropped the ball in your systems because you're new at this and you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and then you still have to get it done because, you know, you've committed to the client. So not to be a doubter, but like really think through the worst case scenario with that and decide if you still want to do that because there's nothing more sad to me than seeing people ruin a really good hobby or a really good passion because they really enjoy doing it but they tie that to making money and then I mean that's a whole different thing there's a huge 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 difference from being good at what you do and being good at convincing other people to give you money to do it (laughs) so I would really think about that my second tip would be as I said find the very smartest most generous people you can and hang out with them even if you can't afford to work with them, everybody's on social media pretty much. Like just friend them, be around them, get in the spaces that they're in, start seeing people who you wanna be like. And um, if you possibly can afford to work with them and learn from them, do that because that is the shortcut. That is what it completely changed my business. And I made more progress in growing the business in the one year after I started getting business coaching than in, in the four years before it because Like you just, you can't see the label from inside the jar. You have to have people on the outside helping you. My third tip, honestly, would be don't buy into the bullshit. And like 98% of business training you'll see on the internet is just that. I, I put out a state of the business report every year in which I trend spot. And I look at things that people are doing in our industry, in the online business industry, I mean. And one trend that I'm seeing right now, which is 2008 all over again, is we've had a massive influx of people come into this space and people who have been in the space longer are trying to sell them what I call the big lie. And Mm. the big lie is that you as an individual business owner can create the kind of results that businesses that have entire teams 
working on these things cannot create. So this is stuff like, oh yeah, as an individual business owner, you can totally have a completely robust, perfect social media presence. You can absolutely post every week or do your podcast every week or have a YouTube channel and also service clients full-time and also grow a team and also be your own graphic designer and also write your own emails and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I've both done that as a phenomenally productive person just in general and as a person who has worked on teams um, in the sort of back end of some of the biggest businesses in the industry and entire teams struggle to get all of that stuff done so do not buy the lie that you can do it all yourself you can't i promise so keep it small keep it simple figure out the shortest route to the money and take that and then get all fancy with stuff later when you can afford it they are great top tips. Thank you so much. And hopefully they will help our listeners. So I'm going to put you behind the steering wheel again now. So this is your opportunity just for a bit of a shameless plug of yourself and your business. So, you know, tell the listeners where they can find you, like what your social media links are or your website, if you've got any offers on or just basically anything you want to brag about. Now's your opportunity. So take it away. This is so lovely. Um, I will do the logistical stuff first. So I'm very easy to find online. The website is boltfromthebluecopywriting.com. Our Instagram is at boltfromthebluecopywriting. And we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash boltfromthebluecopywriting. You can also email me at rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, at boltfromthebluecopywriting.com. So um, super, super easy to get in touch. We also have a contact form on the website. And the thing that I'm really excited about people joining us for is that done for you content package that I mentioned. We've got, I think, seven or eight slots uh, open right now. But the way that that works is that we take care of all of your content for six months. You come in and you do a 45 minute strategy call with me. During that time, I'll pull out the ideas and we'll figure out you know, what we're going to talk about for your content and make sure that it works with your bigger business objectives because content is, after all, a conversation and it is the way that you get leads interested in you. It's your safety net. It makes people, it's, it is the conversation that you need to be having if you don't want to be hustling to sell all the time. But the way it works is you have that conversation with me and then uh, I bring my wonderful team and take care of all of your blog posts, your email and your social media, um, as well as your graphics for six months. We create them. We schedule them into a social media scheduler of your choice, uh, as well as your email scheduler. And you do whatever you want to do and just respond to the lovely comments when people get back to you. And uh, because I am committed to making this accessible and affordable for um, a a bunch of the new people coming online, it starts at just $500 a month, which I know is not nothing, but it's still much more accessible than many other content packages that you'll find. Perfect. So for anybody who didn't quite catch any of the links or anything, they're all listed in the episode description. So it's super easy to find and super easy to get in touch with Rachel. Well, thank you so much for coming and chatting with me today, Rachel. I hope you enjoyed it. It was such a blast. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. So final thing before we wrap this up, you know, this episode comes out, it's Monday morning. We want to leave the listeners feeling nice and motivated for the week ahead and whatever it is that they've got planned. So do you have any sort of last minute golden nuggets of advice or favorite quotes or stories or just anything that you think is going to send the listeners on their way feeling motivated? Hmm. 
you know, I was talking to one of my book clients earlier today, because um, I also help people write books as a side gig, because that's, you know, who needs only one business? Um, <laughs> but I was talking to her, and um, it, she and I were talking about how there really is, there really is no limit on what you can do. I think people often get in their heads and think like, wow, you know, this goal over here is so big. I need to work like so hard and so long to get there. And yeah, you know, maybe, but don't let that stop you. Any of those things where you think like, I could never do that. Or like, oh no, like only successful people or only whatever people, you know, can do that. It's just not true. Half the time, honest to God. And if my career proves nothing else, it proves this. Just try it and see what happens. You may very well end up with a copywriting agency 12 years later after traveling the world. So I would say that. And then I would just wrap it up by talking, um, by sharing a quote that one of my friends says all the time. And uh, she actually works in government. And she says, all the easy problems have been solved. And that's true. We don't really have, you know, easy cut and dry stuff to work through now. But I think that's really exciting because it means that whatever you bring to the table, it can make a real and tangible difference for some of the hardest problems going on in the world right now. So I really hope that people will actually act. Perfect. Thank you. So I am going to leave you to get on with the rest of your day now and good luck with the future of your business. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Once again, thank you to Rachel Allen from Bolt from the Blue Copywriting for coming and chatting with me today. And thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope it's left you feeling motivated for the week ahead. If you want to appear as a guest on my show, I'm now putting together a guest list for season three, which will be launching later this year. So just drop me an email to hustlelikehannahpodcast at gmail.com containing your name, your business name, and a little bit about your creative hobby to business journey. I'm also going to be starting a brand new feature on my social media pages from April. So every Wednesday, I am going to be doing a small biz shout out. So if you want to get your business mentioned on my channels and you want to drum up a bit more attention, just drop me an email to hustlelikehannahpodcast at gmail.com, make the subject line read small business shout out, and then just tell me a little bit about your business and what your social media handles are, and I will provide the shout out for you. If you are on social media, you can drop me a like or a follow at Hustle Like Hannah podcast on Facebook or Instagram or Hustle Like Han on Twitter. And on there, you can stay up to date with information about my guests, sneak peeks of each episode, stuff from behind the scenes, exciting announcements and my brand new small biz shout outs feature starting in April. Don't forget as well, please like, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It only takes a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes but it just really helps to spread the word about the show and invite even more people into our Hustlers community. If you want to find out more about my business, just go to www.hannadaniellodance.co.uk or search for Hannah Danielle Dance on any social media platform. Now, all that's left for me to say is go out there, smash your Monday, stay creative and keep on hustling. See you next week, everyone. <laughs>